friends, it's officially spooky season. On this episode, we sit down with our dear friend Sarah to talk about the 90s classic Practical Magic. Can you believe I'd never seen it? We talk about the iconic quotes and fashions, the plot holes, and how hot Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman were and continue to be. This goes without saying because this movie is older than Gen Z, but spoilers ahead. Hi, Meg. Hey, Liz. We have a very special guest today. We have our friend, Sarah, my beautiful, beautiful ex-wife. <laughs> ex-wife? When did well, we get divorced? <laughs> I, sometime during COVID. Must have been. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm going to have to talk to my lawyer. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so we are going to discuss Practical Magic, which I have never seen. Yeah, I've been trying to force the issue for a while now, <laughs> but it took, um, it took adding another member to our, our group here to force the issue to happen. So I was going to watch it anyway. And then uh-huh. he said that Sarah had just read the book and that she would be great to have on. And I was like, oh, even better. Yeah, that's what happened this week. But how many times have I told you to watch Practical Magic? I have such a long to watch list it's ridiculous I'm behind on all my shows it's just it's real bad um but I actually I'm surprised by how little I knew about this movie going into it and it's good that I knew less about it because I was allowed to be surprised and because I might not have been as excited going in if I'd known that the love interest was a fucking cop (laughs) (laughs) okay we just try to ignore that fact (laughs) you have to it's just, it doesn't exist beyond the plot of the story that's needed. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, he's just a, he's just a guy. He's a cop. And uh, <laughs> there, I guess in 1998, there were no non-white people. <laughs> All people were white and right. people of color came about later. So yeah, it was, it was an interesting, um, it was interesting seeing a movie from before the brown people <laughs> it's like a piece of history so are, is this your way of saying you did not like it? i love the movie really i loved, okay. it. I loved it so much yeah i mean obviously it's got its flaws right <laughs> i mean i honestly had more of an issue with some of the plot holes some of the magical plot holes and the magical world building than i did with any kind of you know diversity and you know cop issues but do either of you want to take a stab at a quick synopsis no sarah shaking her head no (laughs) meg just woke up from meg just woke Um, up from a death nap oh my gosh okay i can i can attempt I will not make any promises. It will be good. I feel like I'm just emerging from a coma. To yeah. Be quite frankly. Um, I can try. It's just a little meandering. I believe in you. Okay. And then Sarah, you could jump in with book stuff as needed, or we can For talk sure. about what the book was like later. I've never read the book. Have you read the book, Meg? No, that's why I was so excited for Sarah to talk about it. Because honestly, I didn't even realize it was based on a book until she said Neither that. did I. I didn't either until this year. And I was like, oh, well, I guess I'm going to read this. Yeah, I'm very curious about differences. It was pretty different. The- oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I was surprised. 
Okay, well, I will talk about the movie then, and then you can kind of adjust as Great. needed. So, I don't know. Have Have either of you watched Shock a lot? I love Shock a lot. I haven't. Oh, Liz, what a travesty. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, they do kind of a similar thing in this movie that they do in Shock a lot, where like they sort of tie in this sort of family folklore into mm-hmm. um, the the story of a particular family that is it happening in the present um but basically we have two sisters that are played by sandra bullock and nicole kidman who um lose their dad because of a curse that falls upon the women in their family which is that if any man truly loves an owens woman he's gonna meet an untimely end so uh their their father has died and their mother has subsequently died of what they say is a broken heart which i assume means that she died by suicide that's what i assume as well yeah so they're going to go live with their aunts who are um cool and witchy and (laughs) like make their money by you know selling like love charms and that kind of thing in, in the town um the sister Sally played by Sandra Bullock is super magically talented, but just really wants a normal life. And then the sister played by Nicole Kidman is Jillian who just wants to get the hell out of the town where they came from and go where nobody knows about their witchy lineage, but she's not looking for such like an average life either. Mm-hmm. So um, Jillian runs off to pursue um, I don't know, debauchery. Yes. Hedonism, <laughs> men, booze, cigarettes. Right. Yes, she's pursuing debauchery. And Bulgarian think, men. Yeah, un- unseemly Bulgarian men. <laughs> and Sally is lonely and like sad. And so the ants decide to meddle in her love life a little bit. Mm-hmm. And because they, they see her making eyes at a cute guy and they're like, okay, let's make that happen let's push that along right and what they didn't expect to happen is that like there would actually be a basis for their attraction to each other beyond the charm the two of them fall like super duper in love they have a couple of babies that look just like them when they were girls and then of course um the one of them is evan rachel wood yeah one of them is young evan rachel wood um the curse you know steps back in and what you think has kind of been her her happy ending comes to an end. So um, she and her daughters move back in with the aunts and she's like forsaking all magic because she feels that magic has taken her life from her. Would you say that that's on track so far? Yeah, that's on track. <laughs> doing great. Okay. So Jillian is off living her best slutty life and mm-hmm. i say slut because they call her a slut and like <laughs> mm-hmm. you know there's nothing wrong with being a slut except that she falls into the clutches of a really gross guy who mm-hmm. is intensely obsessed with her in a very unhealthy way and at one point he punches her and when jillian tries to flee with the help of sally uh he kidnaps them mm-hmm. takes them make make sally drive and is threatening jillian in the back seat and jillian and sally conspire to try to put him to sleep with belladonna because previously jillian has dosed him with belladonna and his wine to make him fall asleep so she doesn't have to have sex with him 
them or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, cause she can't keep the man off her and, uh, Sally overdoes the dose. She does. And they're like, Oh my God, I can't go to jail forever. I don't want to lose my kids. So they decide to do what the ants have refused to do steadfastly, which is to try to bring someone back from beyond. <laughs> they warned that something dark and unnatural would come back. And one of my favorite lines of the movie <laughs> was Jillian saying he was all Jimmy was already dark and unnatural. <laughs> as long as he's got a pulse. <laughs> um, so they do successfully bring him back despite like not really having the, the level of experience with magic that the aunts have. And he immediately starts trying to kill her again. So they kill him a second time. <laughs> yeah. Sally takes a cast iron skillet to his head. Yeah. They are panicking again. And they just decide to bury the body in the backyard, not tell the aunts act like nothing happened and sort of like cross their fingers. Um, but of course it's not that simple. And he begins to kind of haunt them in multiple ways. Um, not only like literally haunting them with his spirit, but also the police officer that has been looking for Jimmy um, shows up on their doorstep and is asking if they know anything about his whereabouts. And at first you're like, oh my gosh, they just, he just knows, you know, that they've, they've killed him. But it turns out that this particular police officer has been tracking him for a while um, in an uh, connection with another murder similar to what he was planning to do to Jillian. So he wasn't a good guy. He was a bad guy. Bad guy. It was yeah. good that he was taken out. Mm -hmm. And we should backtrack and mention that when Sally was a little girl, she watched this desperate woman come to her aunts in the middle mm -hmm. of the night and begging them to make this married man want her so much that he can't stand it. He can't stand it because she wanted him to leave his wife and he was not doing it. And they talked her, they tried to talk her out of it. She said, no, one of the ants is like, just take the money. Um, <laughs> they make her stab a pigeon in the heart with a, a hat pin. Mm -hmm. a hat pin. And the girls are watching from the staircase. And Sally says, I never want to fall in love. I never want to fall in love. And Gillian says, I can't wait to fall in love. <laughs> and Sally casts a spell that, her true love will be all these things that seem unattainable. Like he's going to have a blue eye and a green eye. He's going to be able to flip pancakes in midair. He's going to be able to hear my call from a mile away. And she thinks that this will never happen. But then all of that happens with the cop whose name, Gary, Gary. I could not tell you. I lived uh, two hours ago and I've forgotten his name. Uh, Officer Howlett, I think. That sounds um, correct. I think I wanna, it's Gary Howlett. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. So are we going <laughs> to, are we going to, yes, you're right. Are we going to hate him for being a cop? Cause that's reasonable. Um, no, because, okay. So Let's talk about the fact that he's not a good cop because no, he's terrible. No. He goes in and he has pancakes with a suspect mm -hmm. uh, and he's very transparent about like, you know, your person hot of pants for and Sally. having hot pants for <laughs> Sally. Um, but he's 
not a good cop in the sense that he is compassionate and understands like the humanity of people and he wants to do good so that makes him a bad cop which makes him a good person yeah but also he's like in a position of authority and he's like extracting confession from sally and then they're like making out very um aggressively like Mm -hmm. at the same time so there's a real question there and that kind of gets brought into the movie as well which is like sally decides to confess um there's all kinds of problems with jimmy angelov's ghost haunting jillian and um they kind of come to the decision of like well you'll never know if i just want to be with you because i don't want to go to jail and you'll never know if you just want to be with me because i cast this spell like so so long ago wait how, how can we trust that this is real and so they decide to to part ways um and then shortly thereafter they have to have a like let's bring all the ladies of the town together and cast out this demon out of my sister all the ladies who hate sally and jillian already so they hate these women and their children bully sally's children yes and they get one phone call and suddenly they're willing to be accessories after the fact to a murder correct uh, magical accessories after the fact to a murder yeah they're very shockingly supportive of it it works despite Mm -hmm. thinking that maybe Jillian's gonna die for a little bit there Mm -hmm. then they cast out the demon and my least favorite line of the whole movie happens where this woman goes ladies let's clean house (laughs) (laughs) and they fucking dust bust um the demon dust out of Mm -hmm. the house and then pour soup on him know how to sweep (laughs) have they used a broom before they're just like hitting the ground with the end there's no swooping motion happening Mm -hmm. yeah they poorly sweep him out into the dirt and then they pour some kind of magical soup on him suspiciously like tomato soup (laughs) and then the dirt sinks and hooray hooray they the daughters have had to collect a pile like a trash bag full of frogs which is not at all traumatizing dump that right over the fence it's all good i miss that completely (laughs) it's horrifying (laughs) yeah you do not need to have that image live in your head at all no after a little very short refractory period (laughs) um they they decide Officer Gary Hallett and and Sally just said that they're going to do this for real and everything's happy. And on Halloween, they all jump off of the roof, affirming that they are, in fact, witches, but not everybody loves them and it's all happy. The end. (laughs) Before I start asking my questions, Sarah, I would love to hear what the book was like, how it was different, and what the experience of reading the book after seeing the movie was. Okay, so the beginning of the book is very similar as far as like her meeting this dude and having two children and then he dies. However, like the entire time that they've been in a relationship and have the kids, they've been living in the aunt's house. And once he dies, then Sally is like, well, I need to get the fuck out of here. And they Mm -hmm. move to the suburbs 
in some other city. So there is no like creepy cute witchy house in the book, which is probably my favorite part of the movie and broke my heart. Yeah. Uh, And then time passes and it's about Sally and her two teenage daughters. And Mm -hmm. then Jillian just like shows up at her house one night and is like, hey, I've got a problem. And they have not like, they don't have a great relationship. They write each other letters every once in a while, but usually it's Sally being like, you need to get your life together. What are you doing? And then, you know, Jillian continues going through men is the same as in the movie, but she's just like, hey, so I've got this dead guy in my car. So, (laughs) and she's, and it's the same thing where it's like, I've been using Belladonna. So I guess that he just couldn't take it anymore. So there's no kind of fight scene or anything. He's just dead and they bury him in the backyard. And the basis of the book is really about the relationship between the sisters and between the daughters and Sally and Jillian. And like, there's no real haunting kind of like everyone has bad luck now that there's a dead body in the backyard mm-hmm. and one of the girls can see Jimmy like his ghost standing there but that's the most you ever get of him directly is that he's just chilling out in the backyard uh, where the I think it's lilacs in the book have grown out of season mm-hmm. um, and then so it's mostly like regular life Jillian <clears throat> gets a job at like a burger shack uh, she was introduced. <laughs> um, there is like an almost sexual assault. Thankfully, it did not happen. Ugh. Yeah, like please don't do this to me because it was with one of the teenage girls as well. My, that's not what I'm looking for in this book. Uh, and then all the Mr. Gary cop comes in like almost at the end, like hmm. right at the climax. And it's just very quick. Like he comes and visits once and then Sally's like, well, I got to go confess. And it's just very sudden. And the aunts who have not been there at all because it's not in the same place, suddenly like, I can't remember if they call them or if they just show up and they're like, well, we're going to take care of this dead guy. And they make the like tomato soup looking thing and (laughs) body and that's it. And then there's no more. <laughs> Do Sally and Gary get together? Yes. Okay. So he just like drops the investigation and is yeah. like, you're cute. <laughs> Pretty much. So <laughs> all of that, like I, it did not wrap up as nicely for me because the whole buildup on that aspect was not there. Uh, I did enjoy it because I liked reading about the relationships, but overall, I would personally say that the movie is better. It's a little more whimsical, a little more witchy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would still recommend the book, but just maybe know that it is not going to be the same vibes. That's so interesting because it sounds like the book had even less development in the areas that I have grievances about the lack of development, like the yeah. case how the cop could just drop the investigation how there wouldn't be more repercussions for a murder there's a lot yeah. of yada 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 <laughs> yeah we don't need to worry about that 
Yeah, I actually saw someone on Instagram today had posted in their stories about how they had just watched it for the first time as an adult and overall did not care for it. And one of the things they said is like, I could tell that it was based on a book and it seemed like they were just hitting all the key points of the plot from the book to say that they checked it off. I'm like, that's not really accurate at all, but I could see how you would think that. Yeah, I think I have like a slightly warped view of it because I've, I have seen it so many times from when I was young. I didn't have like a Same. gap where I stopped watching it. So I made Mr. Meg watch it a couple of nights ago when he was like reeling from the, the <laughs> jumping around and the pacing and trying to figure out like what, <laughs> like 45 minutes and he's like, what is this movie about? <laughs> I have no idea. And he loved it. Um, at the end, but I was kind of trying to look and see if how it was received at the time. Did it, has anybody looked into that? Mm-mm. I did look at that. Apparently it did very poorly in the box office. Wow. wow. Um, and it has like a 22% on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm like, yeah. oh my heart. That's yeah. so surprising because I had never seen it until today and I knew that it was a classic and that it was beloved. That was my perception of it. Yeah, it seems to be like a cult classic situation where it's like developed a niche following over the (laughs) last few years. So Roger Ebert said of it at the time, quote, doesn't seem sure what tone to adopt, veering uncertainly from horror to laughs to romance, which for me, that's a selling point. (laughs) Correct. Yeah, that's what I want. I like it to be a little off kilter. I like it to cross genres and do some interesting stuff. Um, But I I'm curious what parts you felt were like underdeveloped or like gave you whiplash as someone who's watching it for the first time. Aside from the quick resolution of the murder investigation, if you could even call it a murder investigation, I would have liked to see more of how magic was part or not part of Sally and Jillian's life up until the point that Sally cut magic off completely. Mm hmm. Or, you know, says that she's cut magic off, but there's very little evidence of that. She starts a botanical shop where she makes shampoos and bath washes and things that have like a folk magic kind of vibe to them. Yeah, that was a question that that Mr. Meg had as well. He was like, if they all hate them, then how was she having this thriving shop in town mm-hmm. and was i was a saying large shop yeah and so much product and then the he had two employees. employees yes yes and i said that well maybe it's like a thing where they don't like them because they're afraid of them because they believe in their magic but because they believe in their magic they think that her products will work but that makes me think about the fact that when she got together with her husband who later died people stop being afraid of them. And I don't understand why her being married would have done anything of anything. People would have talked more of him like, oh, he's marked for death. And then he did die. And you would think that that would have brought everything back 10 times over of people being afraid of them. And it was just kind of like, Sally's weird. We stay away from them. We say enough about them behind their backs that our kids pick up on it and then bully their daughter, his, her daughter's. Can we also talk about the really bizarre PTA meeting? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I, I love some 
some good old fashioned like in your face revenge. <laughs> but but when Jillian comes in and she's like, "Yep, I'm back. Hold on to your husband's girls." And one like, woman points out her ha- that she has a snake tattoo on her boob. She's wearing like a very full coverage tank top. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so weird. Do you have X-ray vision, ma'am? <laughs> If so, can I have it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I just, I don't know. I want to know what Jillian's life actually was just like, besides the debauchery. Because we get yeah. a lot of insight into Sally's. I would have loved to know what she did for a living because clearly she had to have some form of income. Yeah. I, I don't like that she was reduced to just like, she's the slutty one. And yeah not more than that that really is like her full character because I was kind of thinking earlier it's like okay which one do I identify with more I'm like well probably Sally but I would definitely want the powers I'm like well let's think about Jillian I'm like all it talks about is that she has a lot of sex with a lot of different people and that is about all you know mm-hmm. about anything about her Mm-hmm. except that she's not as talented in yeah, magic too. yeah except they say that and yet we see her use magic more than we see sally use magic almost because we see her knowing that belladonna is something that she can use to as a sedative and mm-hmm. we see her magically make sally be at the top of the phone tree because it's such an honor <laughs> mm-hmm. i would not want to be at the top that's too much work. absolutely Put me not. at the bottom Mm-mm. yeah and then she works with the daughters to make that syrup to try to send gary hallett away mm-hmm. which then the girls are like wait no <laughs> a banishing maple syrup and then once they realize like oh this man is exactly like what our mom wrote about as a kid they literally hurl the syrup off a cliff which doesn't look suspicious at all that auntie was about to serve this syrup and the girls are like no well yeah and gary hallett says like what was in that syrup but then walks away (laughs) asks no follow-up questions because he's his brain is all jibbly jabbly with (laughs) sexy hormones for, for sally uh good segue to talk about just how incredibly hot Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman were in this and continue to be my god it's like in the beginning um after I guess right as Sally has fallen in love with her future dead husband where she's she's in the garden and then she like slowly gets up and she's got like the boots and the little cutoffs yeah and the shirt I'm like god damn she looks real good and then they just slam into each other and kiss in the street I'm like that's the stuff Mm -hmm. that's what I'm looking for I think her dead husband was Tony Collette's love interest in in her shoes correct yes also super cute love that movie um yeah are they like at their hottest in this movie like i think so (sighs) this was peak times for them also the the fashion is like on point with what's coming back for gen z right now Mm -hmm. i would say i would wear everything that everyone wore in this movie 
especially the aunties. Yeah. Stalker Channing is like, I'm like, oh, behold my future. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to be like her, which I don't know if we had more to talk about on this front, but I was going to talk about a particular scene that I especially love. Yes, please. Which is the midnight margaritas scene. I I'm glad you brought that up. I I love literally everything about that handful of, of connected scenes right there where it's like Jillian goes and wakes up Sally and they hear the blender going. They're like midnight margaritas and they go down to the kitchen and just like the the vibe of like all of these women doing like some kind of witchy shit, like drinking margaritas and having fun and dancing along to these songs. And then sort of like drinking and talking. And then like the conversation starts to get a little bit sour and like Mm -hmm. the jokes start to become a little bit more mean spirited. And, um, as they're, as they're drinking, the ants start singing the song that Jimmy Angelov was singing over and over. Oh, I didn't catch that. That was, you were always on my mind. That song freaked me out for the longest time, like as a young child because I'm just like well if I hear that song there's clearly like a demon or something that's coming for me for sure and so once they hear them singing that song they look at the bottle and it's the same brand of tequila that he was always drinking and that she had been dosing with belladonna Mm -hmm. um and they're like where where did you get this bottle and they're like someone left it on the porch (laughs) I would think that two old witchy broads would know better than to just accept a random bottle of booze that arrived on their doorstep you would have to chalk it up to like the bottle being cursed in some way like it lured them in yeah yeah and that it seems to be released when they shatter the bottle and in the sink Mm -hmm. um and you know the ants are rightfully developing, demanding more of an explanation about what's going on. They're like, "Oh, okay, you're not going to tell us, then we're just going to fuck right off." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good luck to you. Clean up your own mess. Yes. <laughs> so that is probably my favorite scene in the whole thing, and I think it's because it has sort of like a um, a familiar situation that then becomes unfamiliar, mm-hmm. and also a commentary about like uh, these intense familial and female relationships but that's just my favorite so I'm curious what you all enjoyed the most Sarah uh well I hate to just copy here but that is probably also my favorite scene Mm because it's just so fun and then like I just remember being little because there was in my memory, there was not a time that I existed before I had seen this movie. It's just always there. And like you and brown people. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, none of us existed until this movie. (laughs) It was just like such a lighthearted fun scene. And then I do like the juxtaposition at the end when it gets kind of more creepy. But I remember being ready. It's like, well, when I'm old enough, I'm going to have midnight margaritas. And I don't. But the thought... Because <laughs> I'm not awake at midnight anymore. And heartburn reasons. Yes. <laughs> but it's probably... It's just the most memorable scene to me. And mm-hmm. it's one... 
like all the music in this movie is so good amazing every time I hear that song lime in the coconut I'm like margaritas where are they I mean I actually we were when I rewatched I was like holy shit this soundtrack is amazing oh it's fire and so I ended up listening to it on Spotify but um Faith Hill's song this kiss is classic in that and it won what did it win it won some kind of award because everybody was like fucking loved it that movie so much was it made for this movie I don't know I I kind of doubt that but that yeah. song just reminds me so much of the 90s she's got like stevie mm. nicks on yeah. here some marvin gay some Joni mitchell elvis yeah it's just all yeah i'm very I big did not notice crystal. the music at all <gasps> Liz. i did it aside from Liz. this kiss and the and the lime and the coconut song um i was also for a big chunk of this riding my stationary bike <laughs> so I so I was paying attention to the movie, but I guess like the part of my brain that processes music was focused was on, on on the rhythm of the pedals. <laughs> uh, the midnight margarita scene is probably my favorite too, but I would also say the exorcism scene at the end, just because it's so weird, and I like the idea of through healing their sister relationship and breaking her negative relationship patterns they were also able to heal ancestral trauma which is my jam and bringing together like a community of women that were maybe like in competition with each other they were Mm -hmm. now cooperating with each other and you could tell that part of it was that they could all relate to well some of them could relate to oh we've had shitty men in our lives so like (laughs) Yeah. yeah we'll help you out and one woman says, you know, as a kid, I always wanted to see the inside of your house and hinting at like, you know, part of her hating the sisters was more to do with jealousy Jealousy. and curiosity. Right. Right. I guess I just want to know if you all were going to change something about the storyline or the plot, what it would be. And if it happens to be the romance, like what else would you want to happen? I... (laughs) I would love to change so it does involve the romance and the murder cover-up. Murder. <laughs> they get the letter and it's like, well, I have found that this death was accidental. I'm like, but how do you even know there was a death? Like, how, how are you explaining this to your your boss and everything? Mm-hmm. It's just like, mm-hmm. where's the body? What happened? Do you have any evidence? Just another crooked cop. In the backyard. <laughs> I would like some more wrap up with that personally. I think that if you're going to have a magical world where necromancy is possible, where bringing Mm -hmm. someone back from the dead is possible, you could also have a magical world where someone pulls like a Doctor Strange in the No Way Home trailer and is like, make everyone forget that Jimmy ever existed. Mm. Very good point. Uh, If I were to change something... I might, I might make it so that Sally meets Gary under different circumstances and Jimmy Mm -hmm. is not, Jimmy's still undead. Jimmy is still wreaking havoc. They think that Jimmy has gone away, but it turns out that Jimmy is still around in a corporeal form Mm -hmm. and Gary gets swept up into this 
having already been in some kind of relationship with Sally. And then he gets pulled into, oh, here's what Sally's deal really is. Do I still want to be with this woman? That might have been an interesting way to approach it. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. I have to say, like, that I was also pleasantly surprised by how not horrible the graphic like effects were. Mm, yeah. Same. Yeah, they're pretty good. They hold yeah. up fairly well. Yeah. But um, you talking about the relationship with Gary Hallett and Sally reminded me of I said what my least favorite line was, but I think my favorite line is Officer Gary Hallett and Sally are having the conversation where she's like, we can't trust each other's intentions and starting this relationship. Like you won't know um, if you're just here because I wish for you. And he's, he's like, every relationship has its problems, (laughs) but they decide to like call it off. And then he's walking away and he turns around and he goes, I wish for you too. And that was just like crumbles. That was my favorite aside from. He's already dark and unnatural. (laughs) That and the sister saying, I never fall in, I'll never fall in love. I'll never fall in love. And the other sister saying, I can't wait to fall in love. My favorite line is when all the children scream, witch, witch, you're a witch. Because I like to just scream that. Witch, witch, you're a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) The updated version. (laughs) No, that's what they say. They call them bitches. Oh, I thought it just says, witch, witch, you're a witch. I have the captions on. And they say, witch, witch, you're a bitch. Witch, witch, you're a bitch. And then Sandra Bullock comments on, you think that after all these years, they'd come up with a different rhyme. Why would they rhyme witch with witch? Oh my gosh. Wow. I watched this for over 20 years and I have no idea. I always thought it was witch, witch, you're a witch. Well, I'm going to keep saying witch because that's what my heart says. (laughs) I also love when Jillian is giving Sally a pep talk under the blankets after her husband has died. And she's like, you need to get up and take care of those girls and brush your goddamn teeth because your breath stinks. (laughs) I like that. And I like seeing the moment of, you know, she's not just a hot mess Mm -hmm. who is in a bad relationship and who has slept around. She's got a good head on her shoulders and yeah women people contain multitudes right so we acknowledge that there are some definite flaws about this movie but we still love it yes absolutely i was so excited to have finally seen it and i'm i'm glad that i went in not knowing anything really about it other than it was about two magical sisters and a curse because I was able to be surprised, which rarely happens for me. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad. I was really worried you weren't going to like it. And I was going to take it really personally. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I like almost everything that like I consume. I, I feel like I know how to pick them. Yeah. Well, this, I would take it super personally because it is in my top three favorite movies of all time. Is another one when Harry met Sally. It is not. Okay. I love that movie. So for folks who similarly to me like a romance that's a little bit off kilter, like Practical Magic, I can recommend my other two top favorite movies of all time, which are Moonstruck, as you well know. Of course. Amazing. 
and Amelie, which has some kind of magical realism type characteristics about it. I don't know how I've gone through my life and I still have not watched Amelie. I haven't either. I know that I would love it and yet I continue to not watch it. I don't know. Well, how about we all get together when it's COVID safe and we watch it and then we do a a revisit episode to talk about it. We are all vaccinated. Yes, Yes, we are all vaccinated. Mm -hmm. So we could do it anytime. Sarah, do you have any other media that you'd like to recommend? Meg, did you, was that your one recommendation? Yes. Okay. Yes. So I have a few movies, if anyone likes this, um, starting off the gate, one that's a, a bit of a different vibe. I love the movie Crimson Peak and it is Tom Hiddleston. Yes. Tom Hiddleston. Mia Wasikowska uh, and uh, <laughs> Jessica Chastain, I think. Yes. Okay. One. I saw the trailer for it, and I was like, "Tom Hiddleston, Jessica Chastain, Mia Wash." Rag. <laughs> I get it. Again. But <laughs> but I don't like being scared. Here's the thing: the first time I went and saw this movie in theaters, and I did not like it because I went in expecting a horror movie, and it. I mean, it is a horror movie, but it is not scary. It is more really? of a gothic romance movie mm, so i like that i gave it another chance to tell me what it was that the romance right. is between mia washer and the the ghost woman it is not i am so damn sorry. it's <laughs> between so her sorry. and tommy right yes yes it was wishful yes. thinking on my part i mean you could make it happen <laughs> Uh, that's a great one um i gotta recommend the others which is kind of scary but another nicole kidman classic and then an older movie 1944 arsenic and old lace is i've heard of this a little more similar to this uh it is a dark comedy so it's essentially like this couple gets married and this guy, Cary Grant, goes back to his aunt's house that he grew up in and finds a body like in this cupboard or something and finds out that his aunts have been murdering people. And then like these police come in and it's a whole thing of like trying to keep things under wraps. So like the basis of the story is kind of similar to yeah. Practical Magic, but it's a good time. Very cool. Liz? So I have a few recommendations or things that came to mind. Deanna and I recapped The Love Witch and that episode should air the week after this one airs. And it's a very different kind of vibe, but it's also about a witch who reacts poorly to heartbreak and Mm. her magic has a lot of consequences. And there also is a bad cop in there. Of course. who gets sidetracked in an investigation because of a pretty witch. I would also recommend the book like Water for Chocolate by Laura Laura Esquivel. Mm. It was so beautiful and I read it in English, but I felt like I heard it in Spanish, if that makes sense. I could Mm. tell that it was originally written in Spanish because I could hear what the words would have sounded like in Spanish. And it's also (laughs) about a family of women, there's a magical element, there's heartbreak and unrequited love. And uh, the 
complicated family relationships. So I would recommend that one. And then I have a person to recommend. If you are into the idea of exploring love and romance and embracing your inner slut (laughs) in a magical way, if you- We are, we're in always. Yeah, if you um, related to Jillian, I would recommend that you check out Gabriella Herstic. She is a writer and a witch. She is the creator of an account called the Erotic Oracle. She, her practice is kind of around the intersection of kink and sexuality and sexual expression and magic. And she's written several books, including Inner Witch, and Bewitching the Elements, and she's going to have a book out, I think it comes out next year, about goddesses. Uh, She's super cool and interesting. I will link her Instagram account in the show notes, as well as an interview that she did on YouTube with the Witch of Wonderlust that was interesting, and she gets into what sex magic is and how she kind of got into that. How to wield it against cops. How to wield it against cops. How to <laughs> how to get out of trouble with your pussy. <laughs> Sarah, thank you so much for being on. We should mention that if you love mine and Meg's portraits on our website, They're they amazing. were drawn by Sarah, who is a talented artist. So Sarah, do you want us to link your art Instagram? Oh, sure. My... Okay. Our Instagram, it's Vark Draws, uh, Vark as in Aardvark, which was my high school nickname. <laughs> oh, uh, that's yeah. adorable. <laughs> Thank you. I should be doing, uh, Drawloween is about to start, uh, which is like a prompt for every day of October. I don't think that I'll try to do every day this year, but there should be some fresh stuff coming at you on there. Cool. Excited to see it. Your art style is so cute and colorful, but also like it's got, I don't know, like you have some edgy subject matter or like some cool, like quirky things that you like to draw. It's like you, it's like cute and like a little dark. A little threatening. (laughs) Oh, thank you. All I want is for people to know that I could kill someone. I'm not going to, but I could. So the um the combination for Sarah is looks like a cinnamon roll could kill you. Yes, yes. So I was just thank say. you so much. <laughs> I am flattered. We will include Sarah's info in the show notes. If you want to find us, you can find all our links at makeoutalreadypod.com. We are on Instagram at makeoutalreadypod. We are on Twitter at makeout underscore already. And we have merch. We have t-shirts. Sarah and I are both wearing them. We have mugs, stickers, and it was all designed. All Most of it was designed by our friend Molly and you should check it out. Um, maybe we'll drop a promo code in the yeah, show notes. Let's do that. For some free shipping. So until next time, air kisses. Mwah! <laughs>